Hi, this is Howard. If you're listening to this clip, then you're listening on SoundCloud, and the interview will fade out after 15 minutes. To listen to the full podcast, go to our website at 9320.com and sign up for the 9320 player. Now, on with the show. Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to a special edition of the 9320 podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by a man with over five decades of experience in football across all four leagues, as chronicled in his recently released autobiography, 2000 Games, A Life in Football. Games that included, well, playing against, but also managing Manchester City. It is, of course, Brian Horton. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all. The, the sun is out at last, so not bad for Monday. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on to the uh, the podcast, by the way. I just wanted to op- open with a question. What, what made you decide to write the book uh, right now? Did it seem the right time to do so? It did. Uh, a few people have had said it to me about doing a book, but... I was always advised to sort of say, you know, it's the last chapter. So what happened was that Tim Rich, the writer, who who was absolutely fantastic, um, he came to me and did a book on, uh, for my chapter on the book for Man City Managers. Yeah. And, um, which they produced, which is a good book. And, um, he said, wow, you've got some good stories, haven't you? (laughs) <laughs> and I went, well, yeah, I've got all the games over a thousand in football, 700. And he, he worked it out. He said, you've got over 2,000. Yeah. He said, there's only a couple of other people ever done that. So hence the title of it. And uh, off we went. So we had to find a publisher, which we did. And um, off we went. And I've, I've just absolutely loved doing it with him. He's, uh, he's, uh, he did uh, Ron Atkinson's, Kanchelskis. He's just done Bielsa, the Leeds manager's book. And, and and now mine, so I um, enjoyed doing it with him. Yeah, was it enjoyable going back over? Was the things you remembered that you'd forgotten about going back over? Was it fun to go back over such a, you know, a long, long career? Well, obviously we went back to my school days when, yeah. when from uh, between Hensford and Cannock in the West Midlands and mining community to to my... Uh, junior school days with 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 uh, my football pals who are, uh, uh, and one's a cousin that was in the same school team and I, I still keep in touch with them today so they're made up that they're in the book yeah. <laughs> they're made a photograph of the team and so it started there and obviously went right through to to when I finished my last job which was at Swindon town with Phil Brown uh well look at your career then did you know in your school schoolboy days did you always want to be a footballer is that what you, you thought you would end up being, or I, I was very fortunate going to a fantastic sports school. Um, it was called the Central, mm. uh, and then and then we went to a new school that they just built, and everybody went to that. That was called Blake. So we were, or I was fortunate. We had two fantastic sports teachers: cricket, badminton, which was unknown of in those days. Trampolining, football. I was captain of a cricket team. I was captain of a football team, and. Yeah, then I went on to play for Staffordshire Schoolboys and Birmingham District Boys, which was a combination of Staffordshire, Warwickshire, Worcestershire. Um, and obviously my aim to be an apprentice footballer. So I'd been going to Birmingham City quite a lot with um, with a football coach that yeah. I got heavily uh, coached by from sort of 11 years old and he was taking me to Birmingham. Um, unfortunately, they didn't take me. Um but Warsaw came in and offered me apprenticeship, so that was my first professional club. And um, but you still, I think you say in the book, your apprenticeship, you were released originally, went back to was it working on building sites for quite a while? 
I did. I, I, I found it hard to take, really, because myself and, and a, another very good player, he eventually played for Walsall first team called Jeff Morris, yeah. and we'd broken into the reserve side, just the two of us, out of about 15 apprentices. So I thought I was doing well, and yeah. I'd go into my third year, which you could do 15 to 18, and and they told me that they weren't retaining me after the two years, um, which then I had to catch three buses back home when I was being told that afternoon, <laughs> yeah. cried all the way home and thinking, what, what am I going to do now? Uh, worlds in tatters. Um, fortunately, um, I went to play for my uh, hometown team, Ensford Town, uh, went and worked on the building site because I was very small in those days, about five yeah. five small um and it helped me grow as a person grow uh in stature got bigger stronger fitter and i had four years that i absolutely loved um loved doing it you know I lo every day going to work the people you're mixing with good good banter good crowds and we had a we had a good team playing in the west midland league that um was full of ex-pros and and it was a, it was a good standard to be playing in when I was seventeen. So how did you, your first break was with Port Vale? Yeah, how did that come about then? Well, luckily Gordon Lee, who I owe almost everything to, um, who went on. To, well, he was Port Vale manager. Then he went to Blackburn, then to Newcastle, to Everton, and um, he was manager of Hensford. And he was from Hensford, and so people were telling him about myself. Um, uh, while I was playing and stuff and um, he come and saw me play in a game at Briley Hill one evening and liked what he saw and and hence the pint of shandy came about that's in the book because <laughs> yeah. the transfer fee was a pint of shandy because what, what happened was that after the game he sought the secretary out of Hensford bought him a pint of shandy started talking about how we could do things Port Vale had got no money so I had to go like a free transfer, yeah. but they always put it out as a pint of shandy. And then later on, uh, we took a team down to Port Vale to Hensford, played the game, and Hensford got the gate receipts for, from that game. So, so, so eventually the fee was a little bit higher than a pint of shandy. <laughs> How much was a pint of shandy in those days? <laughs> Probably about a shilling, 10 pence. <laughs> Fair enough, it would be quite a lot nowadays anyway, in some pubs in Manchester anyway. I wouldn't have got a great deal percentage out of that, would I? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe just the lemonade bit at the, at the top. Yes, there. yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, you'll, you'll be known to City fans as a manager, though we'll know you, of course, if you, <laughs> for the older fans, we will know you, and we'll come to uh, 1983, of course, quite a big year for both your team and City. But what sort of player were you? Where did you play on the pitch? And how would you describe yourself? Uh, it um, comes across, obviously, in 2020, you, you look at any football at that time, just a different world in a way. You know, it's harder, so much harder. And did you have to be hard and physical to survive in the game? Well, that was my game. Um, yeah. I was I was an attacking midfield player yeah. uh, at Port Vale, scored goals, Brighton scored goals, um, playing in a 4-4-2 system, basically, as, as a... As an attacking midfield player, uh, which which I really really love doing, and and um, I got eighteen from midfield one season at uh, at Brighton, 
That was including some penalties, by the way. But you know, I was, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I was proud of my goals that, that I got. But then when I went to Luton with David Pleat, he asked me to play a completely uh, different role. So Man City fans would recognise a position where a Fernandez play, a Fernandino plays. Yeah. Uh, the, the holding midfield player in front of the back four, and that's how David want, David Pleat uh, wanted me to play. So ch- changed my role completely from when I went to Brighton. Hence, I didn't score as many goals, but I played in that system that allowed my other two midfield players, and 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 we were such an attacking team. So I had I had a great I really enjoyed playing that role because you're almost like a free role in a way, and 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 I th- I thought it was a decent passer myself. So I. I Completely and really enjoyed that. And then when I went to All City's player manager, I carried on in that role. Um, and we got promotion, obviously, my first year. Also, it was a su- su- successful move into midfield for me personally. Yeah. So Port Vale, first time, six years at Port Vale. Uh, what was it like to establish yourself as a player in a side like that? What were they like at the time? Obviously, a team that's, well, it's had its ups and downs, fair to say, like most clubs, but. And I guess Brighton afterwards would fit into the same criteria as a, an up and down club. Well, Port Vale, um, when I went in '71, was absolutely full of free transfers and people from non-league. Yeah, Gordon Lee got no money to work with. It was just purely uh, good scouting, good recruitment, and we had such a fantastic team spirit because we'd all come from that type of thing. There was no big time Charlies that had come for 10 million or whatever, you know, and uh, we just had a great team spirit. And really we were just a physical, hard working uh, outfit that um, not many people liked to play against us. We, <laughs> yeah. were. we were physical and, and what have you. And I've had so many comments from people saying, well, we used to hate playing against your team. And so that was good. But we, 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 had no relegation we were always through a mid table to below and ironically the season that I left to go to Brighton we were actually vying for a a promotion push so so when I left two days before the deadline to go to Brighton um and and to be perfectly truthful it was a great move for me It, it it just came out of the blue uh we played at Crystal Palace on the Tuesday night and um I didn't even know that all the players knew except me. We were travelling down to Palace and they were they were uh, vying for promotion. Terry Venables was in charge. I scored, we drew 2-2 and came off elated. We got a good point. Manager pulls me and said, um, we've actually sold you today. We sold you to Brighton for 30 grand and you've got to go down for talks with, to Peter Taylor this evening. So Peter Taylor was the, you know, Brian Clough's number two for for such a long time, but he'd, yeah. he'd actually stayed at Brighton and, and wanted to sign me. So off I went to Brighton. What were the, uh, what were negotiations like in those days? No agents asking for a 30% cut or no, just no. Uh, you'd go and see the manager, you'd thrash it out and that was that you, in a way. You try and get advice, which I'd never moved for, for, for money, to be perfectly truthful, yeah. the Port Vale offer going from non-league, I wasn't going to turn down. I probably earned less going to Port Vale than I, that I was on when I was at Ensford Town and on the building. Mm. So when I wanted to get back into the football league, so I took a hell of a chance, but obviously worked. But there was, as you quite rightly said, there was no agents. We spoke to the PFA occasionally for advice, you know, about the boundaries of what my new club might be. Uh, anyway, I travelled down. There was a... a, a, a Stretch Granada waiting for me after the game at Palace that took me to Brighton. 
I met uh, Peter Taylor in the Metropole on the Brighton Seafront. Um, he was watching the football because it was a Tuesday night and there's football on. And we had a chat and he made me an offer. Um, and he said, OK, I'll, we've got a game tomorrow. Should we be down at home? I'll see you at the game. And then um, get your wife down for talks if you wanted to come down, and which I did. Went on a Thursday, tried to push it up a little bit, my wages and signing on fee, which <laughs> yeah. I never had before. And he basically turned around and said, well, no, that's the offer. If you're not taking it, I'll get you, I'll get your rail ticket back to Port Vale. And, and that's the end of it. And now, where's the contract? Quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it, it, it was a great move for me. Uh, fabulous place to live. The, the, the club got bigger and bigger. And uh, as, you know, as we did, we went from the old third division to the second division, first full year with Alan Mullery, uh, who taken over from Peter Taylor. Missed out on goal difference the following season to go to the top division where Brighton had never been before. Yeah. Few more tears, but then and then we got promotion the following year. Um, we had to win at Newcastle on the last Saturday of the season to gain promotion. Um, I scored the first goal with a header from a corner. We won 3 1 and took Brighton into the top division for the first time in the history. Can I just backtrack one second for our younger listeners? What's a stretch Granada? <laughs> It's just like, uh, well, I'll obviously... Go, I'll have to put a photo on Twitter later so that people can see. You'll have to. Well, it's an old Gunnard, which was a big Ford big Ford car, but this was like a stretch limo type thing, you yeah. know, where, you know, it's a big um, chauffeured car, um, which I'd never been in before. So the trip from Palace to Brighton was about an hour. Um but that's what they sent to take me down to for talks. I know. It was, M- made me feel a bit special, I suppose. <laughs> there wasn't champagne then in the back of the, uh, in an ice bucket. No, he offered me a drink, which, um, which, which I, I did, uh, while watching the football. Um, so I've always liked a beer. I had a beer w- with him and, uh, got on great with him. He said, I'll make you captain straight away, uh, which he did. And then we missed out on promotion and he left to go back with Brian Clough. Yeah. So that's when Alan Mulry, who um, was my second, you know, manager that I'd had really, because I don't know, Gordon Lee left Port Vale to go to Blackburn, and Royce Brosen took over a little while, and I'd played with Roy, so he was more a colleague, but it was only for a matter of a month. So, so Alan Mulry then became, you know, my second sort of yeah. uh, biggest manager, if if you like, and it, obviously Alan had been World Cup player, Tottenham, Fulham. And he was only 34, and I thought, oh, gosh, this could be the end of me, you know, him coming, coming to, uh, to Brighton. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he saw what we could do. He retained me as his captain, and we had a, a wonderful five years together. I still speak to him today. Um, great respect for him, and we just got on fantastic. And that would be up to the Goldstone ground then. Uh, I get the impression from the book that the, cra- the ground and your time there has left perhaps the biggest impression of you for atmosphere, for a full ground. Would you say that Brighton was one of the the best experiences for you as a player? Well, people said to me when I was going, because, you know, obviously...